Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the That Sounds Fun podcast. I am your host, Annie F. Downs, and I hope you are having a great day. First of all, thanks so much for all of you who sent me really kind notes and uh, messages about my Falcons losing the Super Bowl. That was very sweet of you. I know it was terrible, but I appreciate y'all feeling that with me. So I hope you really enjoyed last week's episode with Mike and Molly from Grayson Reed. It seems from the response that you did. So I am really glad. I loved it too. So hey, just a quick reminder in your ear, speaking of music, Ellie Holcomb is singing to us. Her new album, Red Sea Road, just released and you should get it. It is so, so good. I love her and I love her stuff. So some exciting stuff is going on in our world over here at Downs Books Incorporated at Annie F. Downs World, including that I'm starting to work on a new book, and I've never written a book while I had a podcast. And so I'm just wondering, what do you guys want to know about that process? Do you want to know anything about the process? Do you want me to talk as I'm writing the new book about it on the podcast? I don't know. So I'm asking you, tell me. You can either email me or tweet at me or, you know, all the ways, all the ways you can find me. Let me know, like, do you have questions about the writing process or what that looks like or what is happening and where we are? So I'm happy to talk about it. I just don't know what you want to know. So tell me what you want to know about the process of a new book. It will not come out until June of 2018, but we've got, you know, this year and a half to talk about it and write it and figure it out. So I would love to tell you about it. Hey, speaking of new books, I'm so excited to have today's guest with me. It is Rebecca Lyons, one of my dearest, dearest friends here in Nashville, one of my favorite authors. She is hilarious, fun to be around, great hair, always wears hats that look really good on her, and I cannot pull off a hat. So I'm jealous about that. We are going to talk about that. But Rebecca is here, and I am thrilled for us to get to talk to her. Her new book is called You Are Free. Her first one, Free Fall to Fly, was one of my absolute favorites. Her new one, You Are Free, has just released this week. I'm sure you've already seen it, but if you haven't gotten it yet, you should go out and grab it. You are going to love, love, love hearing from Rebecca today. So sit back, get you something nice and warm to drink because it's February, maybe an almond milk chai. That was my choice today. And enjoy this conversation between me and my sweet friend, Rebecca Lyons. Um, Rebecca, welcome to the That Sounds Fun podcast. Hey, girl. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> How does it feel to be in the booth? The booth is pretty special. It's real special. I feel it's cozy. Isn't it? No, <laughs> There's lots nice. of foam. <laughs> There's a lot of foam. And the lights turn lots of different colors, but I don't have the right? remote. The remote's way Do over there. A, I was hoping for glitter on, oh, the, on right. the ceiling. Oh, man. I opened a package today that was so glittery. It just spilled everywhere on my driveway. I saw it. it was I saw awesome. it in your picture. I love it. We knew it was, you know, most of the time we know it's coming because um, you can hear it. I do have a question. How do you avoid glitter, like, constantly being on your face as much as you handle glitter? I know. I don't know why. I don't you know, know how it doesn't get on my face. It's like it anytime though. I'm around glitter, I wind up having, like, a big sparkle on my nose or something. Right. Like, right. it just gets there Maybe from your I hand. Do. Oh, I know. It's. I mean, when I was <laughs> opening the box today, I was like, oh, brother, this is going to be ever. So I was, like, trying to stand back because I knew I, had to, I was coming here. And so, but it's. I still think it's beautiful. I do love when it's on the sidewalk. I didn't. I thought about dumping all the extra in the box on the sidewalk or on the carport. Decided against it. I love it. I wanted to. It'd be pretty on snow too. If it snows oh. again, throw some glitter on that, and I've then never sunset. Done that before. It'd be like Sparkleville. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Our friends Dave Candy and Kate Land. are out skiing in Colorado. I yeah. feel like I need to yeah. call them and tell them to glitter some snow for us. There you go. 
pink and that's a teal. Great. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Shimmer. Not yellow snow. No, no, no. We don't want any of that. No, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so you just got back from the IF gathering. I did. It was great. Yeah. It seemed great. It was great. good. It was good. Year four. It's yeah. It's hard to believe. The baby has crazy. become a toddler. I know, right? <laughs> a pre-kindergartner next year. I know. <laughs> it seemed... Um, now, I, w- I didn't get to be there this year. I was only at a distance, and I but I watched a bunch of it online the last couple of days. It seemed this year like people were very intentional about telling you to live the life you have. Yes. Is that yes. how it felt? Felt like a, a ownership handoff. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, the Lord burdened me a couple weeks prior about everyone has a voice, mm-hmm. and sometimes we always listen to what somebody else has to say before we feel confident in our own voice. Mm. And that's been a hard learned lesson for me even in this last year. Like, Rebecca, don't forget that you actually have a voice. Sometimes we think our voice isn't valid unless we attach it to somebody else's voice. Oh, come on with that. And um, God is so awesome (laughs) because the Spirit has that still small voice that speaks to all of us through His Word um, and through confirmation and words from other people or whatever. And, And so I think that felt like the theme a lot this weekend like you have a voice the voice of God in you to disciple the person next to you mm-hmm. and to speak truth and love and to be even bold sometimes when it's a little fear it's a little hard um and just trust that kindness is always the tone that leads to repentance no other way works mm-hmm. um for us or for people that we love and know so I felt like that really happened some of the most beautiful moments were when women would share with the person who discipled them. I mean, yeah. I loved watching that. You know, that was crazy. You, you know, I mean, you know my kids, right? Yeah. They're all in their teens just now entering and watching the role of others in their lives, discipling them, um, and me even as a mom taking that so seriously mm-hmm. more than ever. Like you, you only have a few more years of that under your roof, under your wing, you know, giving them real freedom to bring anything to you, any yeah. questions, any doubts, any fears, <laughs> you know, nothing's off the table. Yeah. And and um, I think that's part of discipleship, that we're not afraid of the doubt or we're not afraid of the questions because God meets us in that place of, of honesty. Yeah. So you have a real unique family because your oldest son, Cade, has Down syndrome, mm-hmm. 16 years old. Just turned 16. Adorable. I love him. Yeah. What does it look like to disciple him? Because I know you and Gabe do mm-hmm. that. I mean, you know, what does that look like? How how does that work? You know, I've had questions more lately on faith with special needs kids a yeah. lot, especially as they get older and there's more. You've proc- had questions in your heart or no, people, people asking are asking you, you yeah. that question. And it's been a good thing to process because I haven't really actually processed it much beyond what feels natural. Uh, the funny part about Cade is he's prayed um, on his own gumption um, for at least a decade since he was six because we you know he's a creature of habit and we would pray (laughs) we would pray all the time so he'd pray mommy pray and then he'd grab our hands and it would started before meals and it would be him listing everything that he loves you know mac and cheese disney world ice cream yes wiggles (laughs) exactly (laughs) and i was like i'm like i think he's like speaking these things into existence Mm -hmm. out of faith Mm -hmm. That's right. So anything he wants to have happen, you make sure it gets included in the prayer. Right. But um, what's awesome is he's always been in public school, right? And so when we were in New York, um, I remember when he started sixth grade, and I was picking him up one day after school, and um, 
you know, all religions in New York, and prayer isn't really allowed in public school. And his teacher, Anna's Perra, came up to me, and they they said, does he know all the prayers? Because he's praying constantly at school, before snack, before recess, before lunch, before going to the gym. I was like, well, if you mean the prayers, I mean, he loves to pray, and he's going to pray for all kinds of things. And they thought it was awesome, and I'm like, leave it to Cade, bring him prayer back to public school. (laughs) And no one's going to tell him no. In New York City, yeah, no one's going to tell him no. (laughs) So as far far as discipling him, what I, prayer is the way, right? Like, we'll read the word, and he'll recognize the you know, God's scripture. But I think what really translates to him is that intimacy with God. So at tuck in like the other two, I'll just go to his room, just he and I, and I'll say, mommy, pray. And then Cade pray. And he's like, yeah. And then I'll pray and I'll pray for all the same things for him that I would pray for my other two, laying hands on him, peace, joy, um, wholeness of mind, all the things that I pray that I have prayed for him from the beginning, wholeness of heart and mind and body and all of that, whatever God's version of that looks like for Cade. And then, and then I ask him to pray and it's so sweet. He always surprises me with extra things. He like, I'll, if as long as I ask and leave pause for him to kind of do one of these, like he kind of like squints his eyes and thinks about it. And then he'll start to bring up You look people. just like him when you do that face, by the way. That is exactly <laughs> what he does. I mean, you and, see it every night, but Yeah, you and got then it. he'll squint and he'll start to name people that maybe he hasn't thought of for a while. He'll start to just mention things that are dear to him. And I think it's like all of us, when we're given space to respond from our heart, mm. things surface. Yeah. Um, I got a, he went on a youth retreat this past weekend while yeah. we were at IF, right? Yeah. So all the kids went on this, all three of mine went to youth group, with went a retreat with Church of the City. Wow. And so I got a text Friday night while I'm at IF that Cade was going bananas during worship and that he was jumping up and down and clapping and like the worship leader put his arm around Cade and brought him on the stage and like, and it's fun. A couple other people have told me in the past that they take Cade down for worship on Sunday mornings Mm -hmm. and one woman's like, he worships in it, like his mannerisms are just like you, Rebecca. Oh, wow. And things like I just wouldn't ever notice, right. you know, it's funny how much like the freedom we really can have in worship um, shows that relationship of wholeness. So yeah. I think we have a lot to learn from people who have less words mm. for who God is supposed to be. Yeah. And we just actually watch them engage him. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. That's what it's done for me. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I just would, th- I mean, there, at every turn in a family, our, our family's dealing with it too in a totally different way of like, how do you have adult children right. that are married and not married? So our family's walking through the newness of that too. But I think at every season, mm-hmm. it must be a new thing for you to go, okay, so this is how mm-hmm. the other ones will deal and here's mm-hmm. how Kate will deal. Like, totally. You just have to totally yeah. think about that. And conversations I'm having with Pierce are specific to Pierce. Yeah. And conversations I'm having with Kennedy or Gabe and I both for each of them, specific to her and where yeah. she's at. And it helps you realize as a parent that we all are on our own very specific journey with what God is taking us through. Mm-hmm. And it's a joy to kind of see that how vast he is, that he so specifically deals with each of us in the areas that we need it most. Yeah. Yeah, you know, adult incredible. or kid. <laughs> right. Amen. I was about to be like, me too. Right. Um, do you know, I, I've been thinking this morning, I was one of the things I love to think about when you're when my friends are on the podcast with me is when we meet, when we're the first time we met. And at if, at the yes. if thing, right? But yes. do you know the reason I ever even knew you was because 
Lisa Joe Baker uh-huh. put a picture of your book cover on her Instagram, and I said I loved it, and you said, can I send you one? Do you no remember that? Yes. Oh and I said, goodness. yes, you can, Miss yes, at I Rebecca Lyons. <laughs> and you sent it, and I read it and loved it and wanted to be mm-hmm. your friend, like, right away. And then a couple months later, we were at the same event mm-hmm. in Austin. I remember you. Crazy? Could, yeah, I remember you. You were larger than life. Well, like you, to be sure. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> you, I just laughed so hard, and, and I, I know you have this impact on so many people, but when they first engage you, you make them feel like they're, like— the center of the room and you kind of lock in and you connect very easily and naturally it's like effortless for you and then also with that you're just hilarious and so so you connect through humor and depth like it's just you have this kind of dynamic ability to kind of go high and low in a matter of seconds and you know, you know me. I'm not much for small talk. Right. So, like, so we I love deep. I love a joke, and yeah. then I love to plunge the depths. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So we were that's fast right. friends. We were fast friends, and yeah. that's so sweet. I mean, because y'all didn't live here then. You were no. still in New York. Yeah. Because I remember thinking, like, oh, I'm gonna have friends that I go like stay with in New York now, yeah. and then like yeah. a year later, you and were then here. I followed you here. I know. Yeah. I was, I was like, like, she's so awesome. I think I'm gonna go to her city. <laughs> Because remember, I came down to visit, and we went for three hours yes. for brunch at Marche yes. with uh, Lindsay. Lindsay. And you and me and Carrie. Oh, man. And finally, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely moving. Oh, I thought the same thing that day. How Do you ever go to Marche anymore? I, no. I never make it over to East Nashville. It's so good. We need good. to. We need to do a reunion brunch. I know. We should. Because Lindsay's coming in town soon. We That's should. That's right. Um, Rebecca, I need to tell you this about eggs. I previously have been a scrambled eggs only curl. Oh, really? And I have just recently come into loving over medium. Oh, look at you. What are you? What's your egg choice? You know, I'm still a frittata girl. It has to have like uh, a bunch of veggies. It's the yeah. way to get my kids to eat vegetables. It's the way to get me to eat vegetables. So if it looks like a pretty like pie that you slice yeah. with some like fancy cheese and some <laughs> yeah. sauteed veggies in it, all of a sudden we've got a full-blown like veggie basket yeah. and the kids don't know the difference. Yeah. They're like, this is really good. I'm like, well, it's amazing when you saute some onion with some right. olive oil right. and some sea salt. So you, do you do a frittata like every week? Um, on the weekends, I try not yeah. every weekend, of course, you know. But wow. but if we're gonna do a family breakfast, that's my go-to. Okay. And then we'll throw in, of course, pancakes because we have to make it unhealthy. Right. Well, and Cade <laughs> loves pancakes. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, Cade would start crying at the table <laughs> if Ollie got was a frittata <laughs> with <laughs> with vegetables. With in vegetables, it. yeah. He would not be. He's satisfied. like, Mom, I prayed for more than this. Right. <laughs> Mom, I've gone to the Lord about this, and I deserve more than this. <laughs> I said whipped cream and and chocolate chips. Right. <laughs> okay, a frittata. I like those too, but I'm. I've been a real staunch anti-runny egg person until I had a really good one in January. Yeah. And it didn't gross me out. And then I was like, what? And so now I'm It helps when you can sop it up with some stuff. That's it. The vegetables on the bottom. Yeah. That's what it was. It was mushrooms and onions and spinach and a juicy egg. Look at you. Who can believe it? Runny chicken. I just had runny chicken all (laughs) over my plate and I was for it. Um, Okay. So your first book, Free Fall to Fly. Loved it. Everyone's read it, so it's amazing. What made you... So now we have your second one. How many years later? Three? Four? Four. Four. Yeah. I'm not on the Annie schedule. Oh, gosh. I'm on the remedial schedule. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, you're not. I I go for quality. I mean, I go for quantity. You go for quality. that is not true. Your latest book, like, rocked everyone. Thank you. So... Thank you. And you mentioned Free Fall in your Let's All Be Brave book, and I was like... Are you kidding? Like, that was so gracious and kind. Oh, my gosh. It it was such a game changer for me. I told you, when I read it on the airplane, I, when I was reading about the parable of the talents, I felt like I was 
being eavesdropped upon. I mean, I felt like I was looking at something I wasn't supposed to. I was like, what? Who? How does she know? What is she saying? <laughs> so, but I'll tell you, when I read You Are Free, I had some more experiences with You Are Free. Mm. And it is, um, I just think it feels like an anthem kind of book. Mm, Does I it hope. take, did you have to go through that? I mean, I know the answer to this, but tell tell the listeners, did you have to go through that before no, you wrote No, I just <laughs> picked a topic freedom? and said, what do people want to hear? <laughs> <laughs> I brainstormed with a large group of people. I got a whiteboard out mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. did my BHAG. That's right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what do we need? We need some freedom. Need? Yeah, that's no, right. um, it's funny. Um, and I, I mentioned this in the beginning of the book that three years ago, I said one day in my journal, Lord, I sense you want to set a lot of captives free. Mm. And I got, you know, I was getting out my cheerleader pom-poms because look at me, I'm already free. Right. And I was thinking, I'm going to just rally around people who are going to get free, God. This is so awesome. This is going to be so fun. And he immediately says, how about we start with you? Oh. I was like, oh, really? And so it was gutting. Um, because I didn't know I wasn't, you know, I'd wake into my calling. Um, and these were, this was the year coming out of New York where I had experienced, um, you know, panic and anxiety, um, encountered a moment of rescue in that, at mm. least in the, in the, the attack itself. Right. Um, so began walking out my healing in that way, found my voice, told the story, wrote a book, started traveling and sharing. So in my mind, like, isn't this what freedom is? And mm. it actually, what I learned quickly in that is that you can walk into your calling and not be free. In fact, mm. if you're not careful, your calling can be just a prettier version of striving. Right. And I That's started good. to compare myself. You know, when I was home with littles, I wasn't entering a diaper changing competition. Right. To see if I was like <laughs> the best. Right. But the minute I stepped foot on a stage, I literally compared myself with everyone else. Oh. And would it resonate? Did they like me? Was my delivery okay? Did it, you know... What about my book reviews? And you know, I, you know why? Why do we? Why do we reread we the one read stars? Yeah, <laughs> listen, I can't read them. And it just, you know, reminded me like if you live by the approval of man, you'll die by the approval of man or the rejection of man. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I um, realized that kind of the first thing that the Lord. And so what this book is, it is an anthem. I mean, if if it resonates with you, then may it be an anthem. But. Yeah. The kind of the idea is that from that day when I realized that I said to God, you're not enough, like I need the approval of everyone else. Mm. Just the honesty of that just kind of brought me to my knees. Just the, be able, the freedom to confess that yeah, and know that he didn't reject me in mm. that honesty. Then he, I said, would you show me why that is the case? Would you show me why I need the approval so desperately? And he just really started then to reveal that I was operating from a broken heart, from a wound I'd probably carried most of my life, um, a wound that was attached to performing for love. And kind of the lie behind it was that I believed that I wasn't worthy of love unless I earned it Mm. and impressed people and became the performer. And part of it's just my personality being, you know, headstrong type A achiever. But behind all that, there was a rejection that I'd carried and God quickly said, you cannot heal public affection with private rejection. You cannot heal. No, I'm sorry. You cannot heal private Private rejection rejection. with public affection. Yeah. And Ooh, girl. um, I just didn't know I was doing that. Yeah. I didn't know that the public affection was trying to be validation for a private rejection. Yeah. And so that's what 
why this book took so long. I, I mean, probably cried for a year and a half straight. Right? I know. I lived it. We did. <laughs> uh, I mean, what if like Hollywood and musicians got around public affection doesn't heal private rejection? Because how many times do people fall apart in the public eye? Because that's what they've been trying to do. Well, it becomes a place of validation, right? If, if yeah. everyone just keeps telling us how awesome we are, maybe one day we'll finally believe it. Mm. And the lot, but really, it's a facade because we all know that our identity as a son or a daughter of God, of a King who entrusts us, who chooses us, who, who, who relentlessly pursues us and woos us back to His heart. Um, it's like we know that in our head, but it has taken me over 40 years to actually feel mm. his affection for me, yeah. to be flooded by it. Yeah. You know, um, and I know you know this because we're close, but like when we feel his kindness in such a, a way that like hits the very center of our heart, yeah. we we come undone because we can't believe that he's that good, that yeah. he's that faithful. And that's when I think things with me spiritually began to change in these last three years was I actually felt completely adored by God for really the first time. Yeah. Not just because someone said that he loved me, but because he showed me what love Mm. was. Yeah. And part of it is his presence, right? He, if he is love, then if he's just near me, if I'm, if I'm hanging out with him more frequently, then because he is love, I'm going to experience that. And because he is peace or is joy or is all those things, I will in turn be transformed by that from him directly. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what do you say to the woman who's listening? It's like, I don't get, I don't feel that ever. Mm. You know, part of it, I think, we get so far from his voice, not because he stops speaking, but just because there's just too much in the way, you know? Um, And I think the less we hear him, the more we strive to stay busy and to to kind of replace that with something else that is... Isn't it the truth? The more we're in the desert, we're like, look, I can build a sandcastle. I'm just going to keep escaping. (laughs) I'm going to keep numbing out. I'm going to keep running hard and fast because maybe at some point something will surface. But what what we're actually doing is, you know, sin is nothing more than separation from God. It's like we were walking together, you know, arm in arm, and then we kind of moved to two sides of the room, and then we moved to two sides of the street and yeah. all of a sudden we're in two different cities and we're like where are you god right. where'd you go and right. he's like hey i'm i'm still here um and i I'm, i guess my word for people would be if, if you haven't heard his voice in a long time a friend told me once that he would start his day just as a college student he was really lost really lost strung out on drugs and had grown up in the church and run far from him and wasn't even sure if he believed he was still there. And one day he just decided to sit in his dorm and just say, I'm going to hang out here, Jesus. And if you're real, I'm going to wait until you show yourself. And you know what's crazy is God is actually really good with that kind of a challenge. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think a lot of us don't dare ask. I read a chapter in here called Free to Ask, and Mm -hmm. it's it's actually free to ask for the audacious. Yeah. For... It's free. You're free to ask God, is he really good on his word? Is he true to who he says he is? Will yeah. he show up? Yeah. Even in the desert. 
And I think in the quiet is where he gets really loud. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened for me in New York. I I had to leave almost the center of the Bible belt buckle. (laughs) Yeah. To, for Jesus to get really loud. Yeah. And it was in my desert and in my wandering and in my questioning mm-hmm. that I finally paused and stopped and waited. Yeah. And he did. I love one of the things I'm thinking about is coming up on March 1st is when Lent starts. And I grew up Methodist, as you know. So Lent has always been a really special season to me. Like it's something that we spend 40 days like actively thinking about Jesus and what he's done and getting quiet. Like mm-hmm. your life, the whole purpose of Lent is to get everything to just hush a little bit, whether it's mm-hmm. what you're eating or what you're watching mm-hmm. or whatever. And I just think, man, if people got you are free and just kind of looped it twice during Lent mm-hmm. and just listened mm-hmm. and just ask God, okay, mm-hmm. I've got 40 days yeah. for you to prove to me yeah. that you're Show me. something. Show yeah. me who you are. You know, for me, and I say this in the book, I, it started with journaling because I'm a writer and it, and I process verbally and, you know, you can only talk to yourself in a room for so long. So um, you talk to the Lord, but sometimes I'll write to him. And that's what that became, this ongoing dialogue with him. Like, who are you and what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, show, Do not hide your face. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of times... And do not hide your face is a scripture. Yeah, it is. so we can pray that and say to God, like you said in your word, that I can say this to you. So I'm saying to you, don't hide your face from me. Yeah, please, please. And like we can cry out and lament in the same way David did. Mm -hmm. You know, David makes me feel a little more normal. Right. I mean, I feel like sometimes he's bipolar. You know, he's like, it depends. It depends on the chapter. And that makes me go, thank you that I can bring like all of it to you. You're not afraid of this. Mm-hmm. You you put this in me in the first place. Like you know how I'm made and how I'm wired and nothing is intimidating to you. Right. No amount just like I would tell my kids, you can bring anything, nothing's off the table. I think yeah. God looks at us and says the same thing. Yeah. Just do it. Just come and say. And, yeah. Because yeah. part of that honesty, even doubt or fear, is confession. Yeah. And confession is the gateway to freedom. Like, yeah, because that's what you've seen and what you've modeled for your friends for the last two or three years more intensely than before is that confession really is like like getting on your face and confessing to God where you feel weak, where you've mm-hmm. messed up. That is, that is the gateway. That's the, what changes everything. Well, it begins the dialogue. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's actually an act of vulnerability. You mm-hmm. think of the confession booth in the, in the church, right? It's a proactive step of vulnerability. It's leading by going, I'm coming to you because I am in need. Yeah. And, I, and I'm hoping and trusting that you're going to meet me here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when we confess, you know, it might begin as repentance, but it always ends in declaration. Yeah. We're like, wow, I brought you this and you're so good yeah. that you say, you know, I credit you with my righteousness and yeah. I, I, nothing is impossible with me and I see you. I don't know. I just think it's, we're reminded of his promises the mm-hmm. minute we just come in his presence. So, yeah. yeah. I think you're right. I love it. And then the another fun part about this book is we got to do the study together. We, we got to did. write the study. So it's so it's the trade book, the regular yeah. book. Yeah. And then there's a six week Bible study with yeah. seven videos. Yep. Right? Yep. So what's your hope? Like, do you see people doing that? Because I think I ask because I actually have an answer. <laughs> well. But do you see people doing it in small groups or by themselves or with their women's ministry? Or how does that look for you for the study? Well, I see people going through the book you know, on a slower pace, more comprehensive of their own personal confession, their own personal excavation of their heart, um, their own personal freedoms. And then I see them coming around the study with their friends who have also done that and, and to dig into, okay, what does this look like for you? And how has this transformed you? 
Um, when you talked about the idea of Lent, um, at the end of every chapter of the trade book is questions. And kind of the challenge that I give the reader early on is like, freedom is costly, but it's worth it. Yeah. And I, my prayer is that you don't leave any stone unturned or any question hidden yeah. or secret still hidden or question unanswered. Yeah. Because this is just you before him. Mm-hmm. And and then and it, it really has nothing to do with anybody else. Right. Right. Like you're picking mm-hmm. what you want your relationship with God to be like. You know, and I find the more free we become in the confession of his faithfulness, the less we actually are worried about the whole story mm. being shared That's down the road. That's interesting. Why? Because I think it's it's like Revelation twelve eleven, right? God, um, you know, the enemy's bound by two things, Christ's blood and our story. Mm-hmm. And I think so often Christ, you know, because we, he does redeem all things. Yeah. Um, the stories of where where we share his redemption of this crazy mess is just another way of that testimony. The word means do it again. So when someone hears that in you, like God delivered or God showed me the way out of this black hole, mm-hmm. the person who hears that says, do it again. Yeah. If, if God will do that for her or for him, could he possibly do that for me? It mm. builds the faith of other people the more we share what God has done. It's yeah. not, I say in the book, it's not your story of struggle, it's his of rescue. So yeah. part of the point of sharing is just to give him the glory of what he has done. Yeah. Um, and I think the more we do that, the more we even preach to ourselves of like, there's still going to be moments, of course, that I feel anxiety. There's definitely moments where I feel fear. Um but the very testimony of sometimes is like just preaching to myself. Yeah. Reminding myself yeah. and my friends of his faithfulness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you taught me the do it again thing. And I say it all the time. When I see, when I hear someone give a testimony at church or if I read it in a book or if I read a story in the Bible and I go, I want that to happen mm. for so-and-so or for mm-hmm. me or for, I want, I'm like, do it again. I've been like stuck with Lazarus yeah. for like a week and a half. So good. And I keep saying to the Lord, do it again. Yeah. Raise the dead. Mm -hmm. Physically, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about that. But also, like, there are people in my life that I feel like are in that place. Yeah. And I go, because what Jesus said is, what they said is, Lord, the one you love is sick. Mm. And then you go, Lord, the one you love is sick. Yeah. Come raise him from the dead. Right? It's so, so funny that you mentioned that. Sometimes in worship now, like, the refrain that comes out of my lips when I'm not thinking about it is bring us back to life. Yeah. It's this, this, this metaphorical sense, like we are all here. You mm-hmm. know, you think revival, it's bring out some, bring something that was a lie that has grown dormant. And, you know, we all have this journey of life, death and resurrection. Yeah. And I think a lot of us in the church are kind of, we've, we've encountered him. We're, we're in a spiritual deadness and we need a resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so whatever that looks like for each of us, the more we share that, I think we're inviting people into that story of like, it's always possible. Yeah. It's never too late. Yeah. To kind of open those eyes I mean, eyes he was again. dead for four days, <laughs> right? Like dead. In fact, dead. When, they, when they go to move the stone, Martha's like, he's going to stink. Right? right. Right. Like he, yeah. this is past yeah. getting better. Yeah. And then Jesus says, did I not tell you that if you believed, you'd see the glory of God? Oh, right. So and so then you're good. like, what am I believing God to do mm-hmm. in my life that looks like it's dead, mm-hmm. whether it's someone you love that you want to come back around to the Lord or someone to be healed. Uh, and like our friend, Tim Shaw, you know, our friend who mm-hmm. has ALS, Tim's having some big surgeries this week. And I'm like, Lord, the one you love is sick. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
we're believing you. The one you love is sick. We're mm-hmm. believing you yeah. to raise him. You know, he's Amen. not dead. He's alive. Amen. But we're believing you to raise yeah. him because we're watching. Mm-hmm. He's being very public about mm-hmm. his life. And then you go mm-hmm. like, okay, yes. we're going to believe and yeah. see the glory of God. And I think you think of the word sick. What does sickness look like to God? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's vast. It's It's sometimes invisible to us. And I think my hope for this idea of freedom is that no sickness, no no yeah. kind of sickness, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, um, mental, yeah, um, is beyond the power of, yeah. of the resurrection. That's right. Now, yeah, that's now. right. And and some people are like, yeah, you won't see the fullness of this until we enter. Of course, yes, I know, I know, you know, but but what does that mean for now? Mm. And I think. I think sometimes we don't really take Romans 8 at its word and say, right. no, if the perfect law has set us free, has set already mean already, past tense, set us free from sin and death, then what does that look like today? Mm-hmm. So you might read this book and say, you're free. Well, no, I don't feel free. Well, of course not. You know, right. most of us don't or right. haven't or m- much of our life, especially right. growing up in the church. Yeah. But I think it's a reminder that Jesus said, no, I've actually done all the work that you are already free from the bondage of sin and death. Mm -hmm. So do you believe that or not? And part of it's just going to take each of us reminding each other of what is true because Mm -hmm. the lies are so loud. And and we adopt them and believe them and agree with them. I have this analogy like they become ankle weights. Yeah. And we decorate them and then we start to celebrate them and we take on their identity and we're like, yeah, this is who I am. I'm all these these labels that identify with my brokenness. Yeah. Versus, no, actually, those are not who I am. Yeah. Those might be things that are coming against me, but who I am is is holy and beloved by God yeah. because of Christ, yeah. because of Christ. That's it. Yep. Not without it, but because of him. So, Isn't that true of the word? I mean, I just think something I'm wrestling with in my life too and when I'm thinking about what I'm writing and what I'm doing is like, why don't we just believe the Bible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I mean, the Bible says that he, by his wounds, we are healed. Yeah. So why don't we just believe it? You know? Yeah. Well, I think part of it's like, who are you listening to the most, yeah. right? Who has the biggest ear, like the biggest microphone in your in your mind or in your heart or in your... And I know for me, um, you know, James talks about divided loyalty. He's mm-hmm. like, you serve me, but you really are a slave to the world. Like you love the world's affection. It goes back to that whole like public affection. Yeah. And so you're, you do feel like, God, I, I am following you, but I really love this side of the world yeah, too. Yeah, I, yeah. I, like, I like the culture. I like... I like, you know, the fun and, and the people and all that comes with that. And we should. We should and we should be we should engage the world. We know that. But I do think sometimes for me personally, if I spend too much time like really digging into, you know, whatever show it might be or whatever podcast it might be or um, even books, mm-hmm. if if those start to take on just more mental space mm-hmm. than than scripture alone, yeah. um, it's just easy to kind of for the scripture to grow just to be stale yeah. and to kind of feel like rote right. and and not kind of jump off the page like it does when all those things kind of get quieter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it, it, the word never returns void. We know that, but sometimes we really do have to pause other places for it to feel like mm. we want to believe it again. Because yeah. you know, you know, you you just said like, why don't we believe the Bible is true? 
the only reason we actually can believe it is true is when the spirit is activating it in us. You know how you read a verse and you just tear up and you're like, why did that just happen? Yeah. Like I've I've underlined it in 94. Why is this making me feel things? You know, I read verses as a kid that I didn't understand at all. I mean, I believed it was true, but I didn't feel its power Mm -hmm. until the spirit activated that in me and prompted me and pierced my heart. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And, and so I think part of that is just quiet, quieting, kind of the things that are at war against the spirit, like actively coming alive in us mm-hmm. so that when we believe the word, we're like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. Versus the 85 other times that we just skimmed we over it. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So my morning little nook area looks like my Bible and my journal and my phone and then a fiction, I mean, a nonfiction book like You Are Free or Jenny's Nothing to Prove. Prove. Um, I, because then I use my phone to do She Reads Truth. Mm-hmm. And to have the like, just scripture. Mm-hmm. It's just scripture. It's just mm-hmm. in order. And I also do the Bible. I, at time, I'm like every morning I read all these things. Yeah, eight I mean. resources. Yeah, I start at four thirty. <laughs> no, no, no. But I do. Um, sometimes I do the Bible project. That's just pure mm-hmm. reading scripture. Mm-hmm. And then having a book like you are free right there too for mm-hmm. me is another guide mm-hmm. to being able to mm-hmm. like, okay, here's the next thing I'm going to read mm-hmm. that kind of guides me. But mm-hmm. that's what I think. That's what's great about your book and books of that genre of our genre we write is. On their best days, they saddle up next to Scripture Mm -hmm. and help us believe that God was active then and is active Mm now. When you think about all the letters, right, they are repeating the story of God. They are exhorting the church. Mm -hmm. They're building it up. And um, in some ways, I pray that that's what we can continue in some small way to do to— to remind people of the story of God, to use his word, to draw them back to him um, and to build them up and exhort them and, and speak life, you yeah. know, because if there are a lot of lies out there, which there are, hello, right. that's <laughs> culture is throwing us a lie every moment. Right. Um, then there's got to be some truth tellers in there. Yeah. Some crybaby truth tellers that are, yep. that are empathetic and kind, not yeah. harsh and yeah. abrasive because, you know, we have those too. Right. <laughs> um, but that just speak from a, a love, you know, mm. like here's actually what's true and yeah. and it comes from a heart. And I lived it. I mean, that's yeah. what I love about your book is you like, I mean, I can co-sign that you lived <laughs> that entire thing. And then you went, okay, I, at, at the end of this chapter of my life, not the end of the story, but the end of this, I can tell you that this is all true. Mm. I mean, it's like when Jill Briscoe got up at If Gathering and said, I'm 82 years old, and I've been a believer for 60 years, and I can tell you everything's true. I know. I watched that again last night. I, I got Kennedy saddled up with me. I'm like, did girl, you, you got to watch this. Yeah. And she's like, really? And I'm like, no, you got to understand. This girl was, she was in bomb shelters when yeah. she was five. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just, amazing. And how faithful, right? Right. For her to be sharing this now and imparting that. How did Jenny find, how does Jenny know her? I don't know. I, I honestly either. don't know. I think we were all just like jaw dropped when she was yeah. speaking. We weren't we weren't asking questions. Right. We were feverishly writing. Oh gosh. It was such a, a treasure to give us yeah. time with that her. That quote I've I've gone over it like three times. The quote she says about um be where you are, the kind of like mm-hmm. stay put where you are. Unpack. unpack. <laughs> oh my gosh, when she said unpack. Yeah. Do what God's called you to do, yeah. be where you are yeah. and stay there until you're done. Yeah. I was like, there's no better word, I think, 
that d- describes what being fully present is, yeah. is that. Yeah. Unpack, for Unpack. crying out loud. Don't yeah. don't keep your bags packed and think about where you're going next. No. Yeah. Plant your feet yeah. here. That's been a sweet season for us feeling that way here in Nashville, yeah. honestly. We're not looking at where we've been or where we're going. We're like, no, we're here. Yeah. We've got you've brought us here now what does this mean yeah. for now for today and you, you and Gabe created Q the Q conference Q ideas is that one of the reasons y'all it's going to be in Nashville this year in April yeah. and one of the reasons it's still here yeah and we're going to unpack yeah. here unpack we're going to plant here we're going to yeah. be here yeah um, we started the well a few months ago and same yes. idea it's just well. it's like Lord you brought us here yeah kind of tell people what the well is okay um it's a citywide gathering for women really across all the cities we've already had like 85 churches come and four four months and um, the invitation is just wide open you know doesn't matter your age I mean you do need to be female that'd be yeah. awesome yeah <laughs> girls it's modeled Ladies. after um the encounter Jesus has with a woman at the well obviously it's the longest recorded conversation in scripture and there he just describes what true worship is and he reveals himself to her and then she runs and tells everyone and yeah. the whole town is converted yeah. so the the mission behind the well is really simple it's just three pillars to to worship in spirit and truth mm-hmm. to listen as he speaks to our hearts and to be transformed and carry his love to the world yeah and so if we can do this on a local level in our city um, to me, that's what's so fun because I'm yeah. watching these women be discipled month by month and I'm watching them minister to each other and pray over each other. And they and, all live here. And they all live here. So they yeah. get to meet in homes and break bread like Acts, you know, yeah. like it's like, wow, we're, you know, because, you know, you can jump on a plane and fly here or there um, to to minister. And that is a privilege and a gift. Totally. And, and, and I am so grateful for that. Um, but there's also something really precious about walking this out. Yeah. With accountability and community yeah. that we that we know day in and day out. How can people find the well online? It's thewellcitywide.com. The well citywide, that's right. The mm-hmm. well citywide. And at Instagram, it's at the well citywide. Perfect. Yeah. And okay, so with this book, you're also doing a tour. We are. We you, are. Christy Knuckles yes. and Voskamp. Yes. Just just three yeah. no name gals. Just oh a, my gracious. I mean, my gosh, that's like an all star lineup, no, Rebecca. That's crazy. They're so sweet and. We're, we, you know, Anne and I wrote our books at the same time, and yeah. we traveled to three different countries as roommates for <laughs> over that 12-month period, and we were laughing that we've spent about 30 nights together in one calendar year and yeah. that we still like each other. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> and so I just, you know, she wrote my foreword, and she recalls some of those memories where we yeah. prayed in these different settings, and um, and we really learned through processing that together that it's the broken place that sets you free yeah yeah and so we're excited it's broken and free tour it's just yeah. kind of like here here it is it's perfect out. hers is the broken way uh-huh. this is your free the broken and free tour yeah and y'all are coming to nashville right we are what night um friday night february 25th perfect yes okay yeah so if people if you're hearing this and you're in nashville yeah come on yeah, Friday yep. night, February In Brentwood 25th. at Christ Prez. And oh, good old you Scott can, Sauls. I love, love him. Love that guy. <laughs> He's a good man. He is. So, yeah, you can just go on the website, brokeninfreetour.com, and okay. get your tickets through there. And then We're you can do that with, with Compassion. Any. Oh, yeah. I love Compassion. Yeah. I love my little, I call yeah. them my Equidudes, my yeah. guys from Ecuador. They're so good. Um, that's awesome. So, brokeninfreetour.com. Mm-hmm. So, that's how they can find and it. Because y'all are going a bunch of different cities. Yeah. I'm just excited you're yeah. coming here because yes. I live here. Yes. And that's my weekend that I don't travel, <laughs> so I can't wait. Yes. That's awesome. We're, um, you can find all the cities online. Um, and if you have any questions more about the book itself, that's just um, 
yourfreebook.com. Yourfreebook.com. Yeah. Okay, Just, perfect. I'll link to all those yeah. linky do's in the, linky um, in the show Like you do. <laughs> um, okay, Rebecca, I do have one final question for you before I let you leave. This is what we ask everyone because okay. it's called the That Sounds Fun podcast. So yeah. I have to know today, what sounds fun to you? Uh, okay. I already have an answer for that. Oh, good. Because I knew you would ask this. Yes, good. Okay. I think what sounds fun to me is going with you through Mark Twain's house. Oh, it was. <laughs> in Connecticut. Right. You guys don't understand. So Annie has done a couple New England adventures with me and my That's family. Um, we've spoken together and then jumped in a car and, yeah. and we saw the leaves change one year. And one year we went through Mark Twain. Yeah. His real name is Sam, uh, Samuel Clemens. Samuel Clemens. Yes. Yeah. And she and I were just nerding out. Oh, big time. In every room. I wanted to touch everything. Yes, because he lived next door to Harriet Beecher Stowe. Yes, which is unbelievable. In Hartford, Connecticut. And Annie and I were acting as if we were those writers. Yeah, oh my gosh, for sure. <laughs> we're like, we can were you imagine if we were insane. neighbors and oh during <laughs> the Civil War? It was just amazing. We, like, couldn't. Like, your kids were like, we're done with this. And you and I were like, can we do that twice more? Oh, my tour? goodness. Yeah, they were ready to go. They wanted to see, you know, Mark Twain made out of Legos. That's and we, right. And we were just. Right. I'm like, Which so. Which was impressive, to I be know, fair. It was. I know. I was like, can you guess how many Legos are in this life-size figure? A life-size Lego Mark Twain. Who yeah. needs a wax museum yeah. when you can see someone yeah. in a Lego version? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. That so was really So it's not going to sound fun maybe to all the listeners, but. To the oh, nerds so in the room, we—it was amazing. It was amazing. To and see then we also else. went to the, um, was it the basketball? My, we went to the basketball hall of fame. Yeah, you dropped me off at the airport yeah. first. Sadly, yeah. I missed that. So you missed. But that. y'all love that, right? Yeah, yeah. So we were trying to make it fun for the kids. I'll tell as you well. what sounds fun for me is family vacations with the lions. You're right. <laughs> I love that. Come on, girl. I have it. Me and Pierce have a little basketball yeah, tournament. I mean, we yeah. had. Yeah. yeah, your kids are really well, fun you and easy to Pierce's be around. Pierce's first funnel cake and will have his heart forever. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, we, I mean, I think he brings it up every time I see him. I, he does. It's Next it's, summer, it's, it's my turn to buy the funnel high, cake. It's high up there on his memory bank. <laughs> well, well, Annie I'm, and I'm chocolate. Proud. Yeah, I'm proud of that. Um, well, thank you for being on the oh, podcast. Girl. I'm grateful. I it's love my you. joy. I'm really Always. proud uh, to be friends with someone who does the kind of work you do. I really. love you, girl. So, love you. Thank you. Wow, I am so thankful for Rebecca Lyons. Aren't you? Gosh, what what good words she has for us about listening to God and thinking about this next season and what it means to really be free. I hope you'll get her book, You Are Free. It actually comes out on Tuesday, February 21st, so it's still able to be pre-ordered. You can do that, and I think you can get some fun prizes if you do that. Go to youarefreebook.com. Also, speaking of the 21st, if you are in Nashville at the Well, the women's event on Tuesday, 21st, is actually going to be the You Are Free launch party down at Church of the City. And Chris Tomlin and Christy Knuckles will be leading worship. Gabe Lyons, Rebecca's husband, will be there interviewing Rebecca about the book. It's going to be a really cool night of freedom that you will totally, totally enjoy. So if you are Nashville local, I hope to see you at The Well on that night. I think it'll be really, really fun. Also, make sure you check out the Bible study that Rebecca and I got to write together, the You Are Free study, and then her video teaching as well. I think you will really, really enjoy it. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast with Rebecca because you love hearing from authors, I would love for you to pop back and listen to some of the other interviews we've had, like with Scott Sauls that we mentioned in the podcast, as well as with Jessica Turner, Angie Smith, Michael Ware. There's just a handful of authors kind of back there in the archives that I think you would really enjoy 
the conversations we had if you love talking about books. So definitely check that out. Bianca Oltoffs is also a really fun episode that I think you will enjoy. Hey, speaking of Lent, coming up on March 1st, if you are looking for a way to kind of try Lent for the first time or how you want to celebrate Lent and do that, I would strongly recommend going to the She Reads Truth Girls for some of their resources and wisdom and the He Reads Truth as well. So that would be what I would direct you towards. I think you'll really enjoy that. Uh, Just a reminder that in the background is our sweet friend, Ellie Holcomb. Her new album, Red Sea Road, is a great soundtrack for whatever you are walking through right now. I still have it on. I listened to it this morning while I was getting ready. It's one of my very, very favorites. So I hope you will check that out and check out Rebecca's book, You Are Free. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you are having as much fun listening to the podcast as I am having being on this side of it. If you get a chance and can review it and rate it, that would be really awesome. And subscribe, and then you'll know whenever they drop in. Hey, two weeks in a row, you guys. I know. We're like back in action. This is what happens when I'm in town. I can do podcasts for you as much as we want to. I'm very excited and very grateful. So, hey, if you need to find me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find on the internet. It's Annie F. Downs, F as in Falcons, womp, womp. F as in fancy feels better. So, Annie F. Downs everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, you know, you name it, you can find me there. So if you need anything, just feel free to holler. And like we talked about at the beginning, as I'm working on a new book, if there's stuff you want to know, let me know. We could do a whole episode on what what you don't know about writing a book. <laughs> there's a lot I don't know about writing a book. So we may need to get a professional in here. So we'll see. I hope you guys have a great day. I am going to go grab lunch with a friend and that is going to be fun for me. And I hope you will do something that sounds fun to you today as well. Have a great day and I will see you soon.